0: What's up, everybody? Welcome into the "How Not to Be a Youth Pastor" podcast. Kyle and Derek back for another episode uh, on location because of logistical nightmare. Not really issues, just you know, Derek's got a very busy schedule, and uh, we have to cater to his every need. Is that so? It's- <laughs>
1: Is that not how you would phrase it? (laughs) Definitely not. I think this is a perfect storm of you have a million to one things going on. I have a million to one things on, but we have a dedicated, faithful, loyal listenership. Yeah, we can't we we can't can't afford to exactly. So, you know, I'm proud of us, Kyle. It is 829 Central Standard Time. In the morning. In the morning. <laughs> In the morning. Important stipulation. Yep. We are on site. We are rolling. Uh, we're having eggs for breakfast. Uh, to be clear, Reese's peanut butter eggs, just to be clear. Oh, we're and pastors. We're, we're not going to eat real eggs exactly. for breakfast. It's, so, you
0: know, we're just ready to rip, so. Let's go. Quick question of the day, Derek. If you
1: were not a pastor, yeah, what would you be doing with your life? I think it's important to stipulate, like this is assuming we're not going to like fail out of college or like
0: not we're not changing careers right now. Okay, the question is like if you went back to seventeen year old Derek, and uh, you know you you went to the a path other than ministry, what
1: would it be? General physician. I would go to medical gross. School, go to school for eight years, which would be fun, and then. Be a doctor, and uh, Doctor Mom would be how I'd roll around all the time in my Porsche.
0: That just okay. First of all, it's a Tesla, <laughs> not a Porsche. <laughs> uh, that sounds gross. K- I K, so I've-
1: like real talk. For, we're getting so off topic already, which is what? awesome. No rabbit trail kings. Thank you, Tucker, for hashtagging that. Honesty, you you get to have your pick of two. Someone offers you two key fobs: one to a Porsche, one to a Tesla. You're I'm taking, taking Tesla. the Tesla every single time. Really? Well, so okay, here's here's the problem. You can't like resell it for value or anything. Like you you have to drive it.
0: I don't want a Porsche. Is is the main problem? But I also don't like. I talk about wanting a Tesla. I want the Tesla so that I don't have to pay for gas. Okay. But I don't want to maintain a Tesla yeah. long term. Yeah,
1: and so can't drive super super far. With all I'm, just, I'm
0: just I'm just gonna keep rolling in my 2007 Chevy Impala. Yeah. Yep, and uh, and we'll just call it good. Perfect. I was uh, I was filling out a quote for auto insurance yesterday because we're adults and we have to do stuff like that Fine. now. Mm-hmm. And I. It got to the point like, oh, it's filling out information about our car and everything. And so like it sets you up in the quote initially with the most basic form of auto insurance mm-hmm. possible. And you can add other stuff. And I was looking at some of the add-ons, like, well, that's not really worth having with the current value of my car. <laughs> so I'm just not going to. So
1: Yeah, oh, I love it.
0: I was like, I'll I'll pass. Okay. Well I'll pass. hey.
1: If you were to go back and yeah. you were to be something other than a youth pastor, what would you be?
0: Um, I think that uh, I think that I would probably have wound up uh, as a financial planner. I could see that. Um, I have the a wealth the, management
1: specialist. There
0: you go. That's a good uh, the uh, finance the the wealth management specialist financial planner. Uh, guy that uh, that my parents have gone to for years. Uh, every time I talk to him, it's, Hey, uh, when are you, when are you going to come work for me? Uh, you know, he, uh, and, and I, it's, I give him the same answer every time. Like, you're going to have to take that up with the Lord. That's not really my decision to, (laughs) to make. So, uh, Jesus hasn't said yes yet, but, uh, I laugh every time he, uh, he tries to lure me away. So it would probably be, I mean, you know, useful a a good use of the love of money and spreadsheets and, and all that that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I think that's what we're going for. Um, so this is, uh, this is going to be fun. We are starting a three week series, uh, that we are going to go through, which is uh, a record for us. Uh, we don't we haven't really done many series up until now we did a, uh, like a two week part series on mission teams yep uh, and we also had two parts to our talk about purity culture yep uh, but those were not successive they were like 10 or 12 episodes apart correct uh, and so this is gonna be fun three episodes back to back to back uh, talking about and kind of kind of asking the question what is the goal of youth ministry uh, what are we what are we pointing towards because as as a ministry if we cannot articulate our goal, then what is our ministry pointing at? Yeah. What what? Where are we going? Uh, if if we can't, you know, articulate what our goal is, if we don't have a vision uh, for what we're pointing at, and so uh, we're gonna take the next three episodes and just kind of try to answer that question, uh, and then talk about the practice of how to get to some of those places.
1: Yeah. I think it it just, even as you say that, I feel like this could be a model for us because I feel like it comes up way more often than it doesn't. Uh, But it just goes back to so often we preach, you and I, on this podcast that like so much of what we do is predicated by why we do what we do. We don't like if if we're going to go and do something as small as it might be, odds are it's traced back to some origin of why we want to do or accomplish something specific. And this is, This is so, so spot on. And, you know, we're going to get into this, but I think as an overarching thing, what's important to understand is understanding like why we are doing this and what we're pointing to as a youth ministry. But I love that you said the word articulate it because if you don't communicate or can't communicate that to your leaders or to your students, you can have a vision and a goal all day long. But if they don't know what that same goal is, you're not going to actually get to that far, you know? So I think this is kind of like a, as we discuss all of these things, I think there's just an underlying message here that like, as the youth pastor, as the visionary, as the pioneer, as the quarterback of this team, you need to know where you're going, but it's also now your job to communicate that to everybody else that is a part of your ministry.
0: Yeah, and we've talked about this, you know, before, but the reality of youth ministry is that every six or seven years minimum, your entire congregation changes over. And so with, you know, for, for a church on a Sunday morning, you've got your congregation sometimes for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah. Uh, You know, in youth ministry, that's just not the case. And so, you know, the, the vision, like, like Derek was saying, the vision is less about, I, I would say the biggest, audience you need to articulate your vision to is your youth leaders, correct? because they're the ones that are going to be on the front lines with you kind of, you know, working this out. And the students probably won't even know it's happening. They don't need to know that it's happening. Uh, but how do you, if, if you're going to lose those students to graduation, every single one of them, you know how do we set those students up for success in the best way we possibly can? What does that success look like? Uh, we we can't do everything. In I mean, there are people who have been Christians and passionately pursuing their faith for I was going to say centuries. That's not right. De- <laughs> decades and in decades. Biblical times, perhaps. Right. You got, you got people that have been Christians passionately pursuing God for decades, and they still are nowhere near where they wish they were in their faith. Right. And so in seven years, we cannot do everything. And so what are, you know, the question we want to ask you is like, what do we prioritize? What are some of the things that, that we really want to hit on? And so I think the question that leads into that really well is if you are a youth pastor, Asking the question, what does the ideal graduate look like? Uh, you know, in a perfect world. Six foot, <laughs> jacked, like good 100, 100, style. 100, 190 pounds, pure muscle, <laughs> uh, can bench uh, 225 pounds 14 times. Nice. Uh, pretty solid. It is pretty solid. I'm just starting to, we are recording this. Well, this episode will come out one week before the NFL draft. Yep. So I'm just like starting to think through like, what do I want? Like the prospects that my team drafts to look like,
1: what's it like to have prospects that you're going to draft? Uh, cause as a Minnesota Vikings fan, we're not going to have many.
0: You got a first round pick.
1: Yeah, but we're gonna blow it like we always do.
0: <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. I'm pretty sure one of the recent Minnesota Vikings first round picks like is already out of the league because of off the field stuff, which is pretty on brand for the Vikings. We
1: did get uh, JJ, so there is that. That's true.
0: But, that's true. Uh, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be it'll be fun. I'm a I'm a big NFL fan, obviously, so I love the draft. Uh, but we're not talking about NFL prospects. We're talking about uh, I mean, maybe depending on your youth ministry you might have some NFL prospects uh in your youth ministry but uh really what we're looking for is uh is prospects that can be drafted by the Lord
1: yeah wow, <laughs> oh, wow. got him I, uh, <laughs> Way to transition back in
0: so oh that was great uh I, I think if you if you ask though like what what is your ideal graduate look like and then work backwards from there uh you know that's that's a great way to identify you know, where you should be pointing towards. And then you can start to ask further questions of, okay, how do we get there? Yeah. Right. And so we're going to dive in. We've got a few we'll talk about today. Uh, we'll talk about some more next week and the week after, but I think and this is probably going to be one of the more controversial things uh, on this episode is that the first Benchmark we want our students to hit as a saving relationship with Jesus. Yeah, that's, that, I know uh, it's a little <laughs> dicey, but... Really, uh, really controversial stuff. Uh, but that's, I mean, honestly, that's what it all has to, that's where everything has to start. Uh, you know, any life change that you want to see in students, any, you know, shift in priorities, none of that matters if this is not the main thing. Uh, you know, you, you have to focus on, you can't focus on, you know, spiritual gifts. You can't focus on, uh, you know, a generosity
1: before having a saving relationship with Jesus. That's where it all has to start. I mean, that should be the driving factor behind everything. You know, I think that's something that I to this day have to kind of even teach our adult congregation is that growth in your faith is not sinning less, you know, growth in your faith is desiring to sin less because you are so in love with the Lord. And I feel like that's where, you know, you have youth students who come to church and I think that, I think there's like an underlying subconscious um, idea that, The goal for them is to be a better person when they come to church. Like, oh, I'm going to church now, so like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop doing bad things, or which is all great. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, we're
0: not gonna say don't do that, right?
1: (laughs) But, but, like, I think, I think the point is, you know, the desire and the motivation to be sanctified, to use a Christian word, is that saving faith in Christ, and is to really give your life to him, you know? And so I think we even talked about this, I think it was episode 44 of our podcast. We talked about, you know, salvation and how we do altar calls and everything else that came with it. And something that we talked about something that, you know, I'm even still kind of trying to process as well to this day is what does that salvation call look like? You know, because it is one thing to say, hey, like I'm raising my hand and yes, I want to believe in Christ. I'm making that public declaration and that's great. But what does that mean when they walk out the door? You know, cause like not that it's purely emotional, you can get caught up in emotion, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to take away from the Lord about the Holy spirit, generally convicting somebody in that moment and them saying, yes, I want to believe in Christ. But you go back to the parable of the soils, right? Like if that seed is scattered on soil, if it, if it's on, you know, shallow soil or there's other worries around them, it's going to get choked out. So, you know, I think where this starts, where we're going to discuss is what does it look like for your students when they, if you're an ideal graduate is saying, Hey, they are, I believe in Christ. I'm going to live my life for him. How do you get from, you know, A to Z in that regard? Mm-hmm. You know, what does that look like for you? And I think it's going to be different from every single perspective, every single youth ministry, but I think it's got to start with some kind of follow-up to, okay, yes, I raised my hand. I believe in Jesus. Now, as a youth pastor, as a youth team, what are we going to do to help you make that next step? What's that next part of the, the system?
0: Yeah, I don't think we have to spend a whole lot of time trying to convince our listeners that this is something that student ministry should prioritize. It's the, it's the how yeah. that, you know, is, is going to look different and you know, there might be questions around and Derek mentioned it episode 44. If you want to go back and listen to it, that was uh, the first episode of season two, where we kind of talked about uh, salvation calls and, and uh, some, some, I don't, I don't know that like, I'd necessarily call them right and wrong ways to do it, but you know there are there are ways that we see salvation calls done that might uh, allow more roadblocks yeah. uh, versus less roadblocks, and and you know it goes both ways a little bit, but it, the follow up is important. If you uh, if you accept Christ there's probably going to be some spiritual warfare following because you're switching teams. Yep. Uh, there's probably going to be a lot of questions that that person has. And if you don't have a good uh, you know, resource bank, if you don't have a good place to point that person, then uh, that's a problem. And so I, I think that figuring out as a youth ministry how to track... You know this question. If, if this is one of your benchmarks, like yeah, we want everybody to have a saving relationship with Jesus. How do you track that? Uh, would be would be question number one. And then question number two is okay. What happens next? Uh, you know, for us, our you know quote unquote salvation. Like if if a student's accepting Christ on a Wednesday night, which again, that also does not always happen. Right. That it's on a Wednesday night or on a whatever you meet uh, on a Sunday morning. But for us you know, if, if that happens on a Wednesday night, they are directed to go and talk with one of our youth leaders so that the youth leader can pray over them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's an easy way for us to, okay, like there was, there was this that happened. If we go to like a camp or, or, or something like that, where a student accepts Christ there, sometimes it gets a little bit trickier to, yeah. uh, you know, to track those things. You got counselors and stuff that can try to get that information Uh, But what, what are you, so like, you know, you're, you've worked with students and on Sunday mornings, what does the next steps or or what are some of the possible next steps that, uh, that youth pastors could direct their students toward?
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it's a great question. It's, it's ironically enough, it's something that as a staff, we're even trying to figure out what does this look like? Because I don't know if you've experienced this, but in our community, our culture is how times are right now it just looks different, right? Like it used to be when you and I were growing up in youth ministry, it was kind of like, I've seen it where you raise your hand proudly. I've seen where people like, where my wife grew up, like people would go to the front, Mm -hmm. you know, which is all those things are great. But like we're living in a day and age now where people are much more private with things like this, you know? So it's kind of like a, yeah, that's me. Yeah, 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 I'm raising my hand, but it's way down here. But is that a a problem or is
0: that just, that's where culture's at? it, it? is that where culture's at and we need to meet culture there? Right. Or is that a problem that we need to address and move people elsewhere? Both, I
1: think. You know, I would say that, you know, Riley, my my youth pastor, who he's, he's awesome, you know, he made the point like, you know, that's something as a church where even if that is something that is outside of people's comfort zone, as a church, it's our job it to create a culture where that's celebrated and enjoyed so that people are eager to do that. Like I want, i not that I want the applause and the attention, mm. but like as a church, we're excited about salvation. Like that needs to be a cultural yeah. thing. Yeah, You know, at the same time, also understanding that there might be some different ways that you need to connect with people, you know, outside of what has been done in the past. So I guess it's both and, um, you know, but to me, I think... Regardless of how that that beginning starts, regardless of how you go, okay, yes, I am saying yes to Jesus, I think the critical next step is by the time people walk out the door, they have something ahead of them that they can look forward to. So for us, we have a fast track onto our growth track. So if you say yes to Jesus, our 101 course, which is basically just like an, an intro if you will, to the bridge and to just faith in general. Like, it's free. Like, we have it after service. Like, we want you to be a part of that so you can know what's next. You know, we're also looking at some different, like, I don't want to say the word tracks. There's sometimes a negative connotation with that. But there's there's, there's some, like, good next steps things that people can grab on their way out yeah. to know. Yep. Like, here's what to look in the Bible. Here's what's... So it's kind of that, that both and is, like, if you walk out the door and you made that commitment to Christ, or if if you're in a youth ministry context and that student walks out the door, have something that is going to make them eager to come back a week from now, a month from now, whatever it is, but make it exciting to like you want to look forward to it. You know, like having something ahead of you, that you can really kind of go, okay, what's next? It just, it creates this eagerness. And it's always in the forefront of your mind if it's like, if it's like, yeah, that was a cool moment, but now I'm just going to continue living on with the rest of my life. Like, mm-hmm. when you have something that awaits you, you are just kind of waiting for that next step. And it's kind of like the next piece of the puzzle. And Then at, when you get there, it's like the next piece of the puzzle. So, you know, that's just kind of how I think is like that. I think you got to have some kind of follow-up, whether it's a growth track, whether it's some kind of class you have with students or some kind of connection with the pastor, whatever it is, you got to have something that when they walk out the door, they know exactly what's next and when it's coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
0: put some of those resources in their hand. The other one that I'll kind of give a shout out to is, uh, I love pointing students toward, uh, reading like Either Ma- like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Read a gospel. Yep. Uh, you know, one person. Uh, I heard him. Just it was like r- start reading John, and when you're done with John, just keep reading right into Acts. Yeah. Uh, and and that combination is is a great great place to start. Uh, yeah, I think we talked about that as a quick question a couple. Maybe yep. maybe five or six episodes ago. Yep. But uh, those those ones are you know James is another great one. There, there's I mean there's 66 books and 62 you can't of them. Really go wrong with you, any you can go wrong. Uh, numbers would not be a great place to start a new Christian, but uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of good options and uh, kind of directing them like, Hey, you know, we got this class, we got this and and get into the word yeah. uh, I think is important. So uh, kind of along with that, the next one on our list that we want to talk about is that the ideal graduate has been baptized in water. And this is one that uh, can be tricky for a number of different reasons uh, with people. One, because I, I think that in, I mean, first of all, you got students coming from various different backgrounds. You might have some students that were baptized as an infant and they're wondering like, hey, like, Does that count? Like, is am I do I not have do I not should I not get baptized now because I was baptized in an infant? How does that kind of fit into things? Uh, I I think that some students are, and a most pe most Christians, I think baptism is not something that is immediate after salvation. Um, and and I don't know if that's a cultural thing. I also don't know that that's necessarily the preference, right? Uh, I, I would maybe argue, have we done an episode on baptism? I don't think I we don't, have. I don't I, know if we've so. really talked about this, but I, I don't, I think that baptism should either be in as soon after salvation as you possibly can, or it should be kind of an intentional uh, process. You know, not necessarily a full blown class that kids go through, but making sure that students understand what they're doing. Because in the early church, you know, becoming a Christian was not a light thing. Right. You know, it was it was a very weighty decision because you know you might be ostracized from your family, and the last thing that the early church wanted was people converting to Christianity, and then not really living it out. Mm-hmm. And so if that is if that's if that was a problem they were concerned about, it's certainly one that we should be concerned about today and we right. are concerned about. And so making sure students, if like, hey, baptism is that public sign of I'm taking this seriously, if if they're gonna do that, then they need to make sure that, you know, this is really something that I'm serious about and I understand.
1: Yeah. And it's not about, you know, because I've had students where they want to do it right away because it's, it's exciting and it is. And that's, that's a great spot. Yeah. You know, then it's kind of like, you know, a month later, it's like they kind of decide I don't really want to do this anymore. And then a year later they come back and they want to get baptized again. It's like, okay, like that's all fine. But I think that, and then we, it'd be interesting to do an episode because denominationally it's very interesting to see what purpose and intentionality baptism has. You know, because I've had people where they've been baptized as an adult four different times. Yeah. You know, because it's it's taken on that more of a cleansing kind of a feel rather than like a public declaration feel. I've had people who like they got baptized in the Catholic Church as an infant and they have, you know, been all in for the Lord, but they just feel like it's wrong to go back and get baptized again. So it's just super Mm -hmm. interesting to see the different denominational things that go in it, but... I do love the idea that this is like a very intentional thing and something that that's thought out, you know, yeah. because like there's, it it really does. It's, it's kind of like some kind of accountability just to some degree. You know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like,
0: this you, The reason it's public is because you want the people around you to hold you accountable. Like I'm in on this. So if I step out of line, I need you guys to correct me. Yeah and also like i want to be you know it's it's that combined with i want to be a part of this community i want to grow i want to worship i want to learn uh, with all these people but i think you know to your point about that cleansing idea as as a part of baptism i think that a lot of people don't quite understand repentance and and the purpose of repentance how repentance works and so baptism and salvation kind of become you know, acts of repentance when that's not what they're supposed to be. Right. Does that, does yeah, that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect you know, sense. It, it becomes like, I don't know how to just repent. And, and I don't know if that's because I feel like, you know, there there should be like, I lost my salvation because I sinned once or I, I feel like I need to get baptized again because I sinned once. And, and whatever the reason is, it becomes this, you know, I have to get saved five or six times or I have to be baptized multiple times when really we need to do a better job of talking about repentance as opposed to just, you know, baptizing people over and over again.
1: Yeah, well, and, you know, confession is something I don't think we do enough. I know we're getting a little off track here, but it kind of all goes into the same, same tank here is that, you know, a pillar of the Catholic church is, a, is this confession. You don't yeah. have to go and sit with a, a priest and we're not going to get into any of that. But I think because of the negative connotations that have been attached to that, the word confession just kind of gets brushed underneath the rug. But yeah. the reality is, is like, you know, Jesus continually preached like repent and be baptized, repent and be baptized, repent and be baptized. Like choose to turn away from your sin and get baptized. Yeah. To say, I am going down this path. Doesn't mean I'm going to be perfect. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean I'm going to be sinless. But the matter of fact is that I want to live for you alone.
0: Yeah. And if you study if you study Jewish culture in the first century a little bit, you get a pretty clear picture of maybe we should get baptized more than once. Because... Uh, They they called them. I mean, they were essentially ritual immersions, where you regularly people within the Jewish culture would, you know, cleanse themselves with with uh, living water, which we're not going to get into. But uh, they'd cleanse themselves, and then and and it looked a lot like a baptism, uh, and it was meant to kind of go with that repentance factor and the and the forgiveness of sins. And so if you know that you're like okay, maybe we should start baptizing people multiple times and, you know, put that with repentance. The problem is that these ritual immersions within Jewish culture more often than not they were done a lot of times in your own home. Correct. You know, it was it was not a public thing uh there were uh, mikvahs are are like the the bathtub more than, like it's not but it, it kind of is uh you know they were not all, most of the time these like public things that people came to and so you know you study at that next level and you're like okay maybe this is something that you know was meant for more of just like if you want to take a shower while you're repenting of your sins i don't really care that's fine but i uh, i i think that the the it it was a private thing versus baptism is that public declaration. Yeah. Um
1: do we do youth ministries do you think youth ministries talk about baptism enough? Definitely not. And that's that's what I was thinking about as we were doing this because you know, we we talk about salvation a lot, as we should. Yeah. That that's yeah. that's really really critical. You know, we talk about you know, especially in the Pentecostal world, Holy Spirit baptism—a decent amount. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about you know a little teaser here, fruits of the Spirit. We talk about the Holy Spirit, all of this other good stuff. But I feel like I don't know if, if you feel this, but it almost feels like baptism is kind of like a big church thing, where it's like, oh, like we'll just yeah, like, or, or you know, your church is doing, hey, we're gonna do baptisms this Sunday. It's gonna be super fun. And then you, as you pastor, on you know who would be really good to get baptized. Susie. So you go and talk to Susie, like, Hey, I, you ever considered, and that's when we start having that conversation. But I can't think of a time in my five years as a youth pastor where I thought to myself, let's do a message on water baptism or let's have a water baptism service. I'm like, why yeah, is that? I,
0: I've been, this is my seventh school year as a youth pastor. And this past November we did our first like youth water baptism service. Uh, and I think if I remember right, we had like 11 or 12 students that got baptized. Um, you know, we do, we do, we actually, this coming Sunday, uh, we have water baptisms for our main sa- our main service on Sunday mornings with our adults. And we see students from time to time that'll choose to get baptized on those Sundays. But I think that there's something different if you, you know, if you plan to do them uh, on a Wednesday night with your youth students. Now, for a lot of youth ministries logistics is probably a big question mark there right like the cheapest way for them to get a bucket of water to baptize kids is probably a dunk tank mm-hmm. uh which i'm not could be fun discounting <laughs> that that could be a fun way to baptize people i don't know how we feel theologically about that but it sounds entertaining it sounds
1: youth ministry specific um, instead, instead of dunking them and doing this solemn moment like baptizing yeah, the Holy Spirit, Spirit. boom
0: <laughs> Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> I, th- I think we need to make that happen. But uh, like I've, you know, there was, it's not the only time I've done baptisms with you students. Yeah. It's just the only time that we've done it on a Wednesday night. There was a year where we did a mission team down to Puerto Rico. And we were like, the the camp that we were helping out at was like right on the ocean. And so we did ended up doing like three baptisms of kids on our team in the ocean yep. while we were down there. Uh, you know that was that was a blast. It was awesome. Uh, but I think it does. I don't know that like on a Wednesday night is a great way to do it. I uh, I don't think it has to be, but I think it has to be something where we're intentionally giving students opportunities for this. Uh, I wonder. This is just off the cuff here, but I wonder if they would ever do like baptisms in the lake at camp.
1: They should. I mean, I,
0: that'd be awesome. Yeah. I mean, if they didn't always do their services at seven o'clock at night, so it's pitch black by the time you're doing the baptisms. But like, you know, it'd be it'd be fun to to be able to have that moment. Yeah. Uh, you know, with with students and and scripturally, we didn't really talk about this, but scripturally, the pattern is a hundred percent: you get saved, you get baptized. Yep. I think the one exception. If I, no, that was
1: baptism of the Holy Spirit. It went in the book of Acts.
0: It, well, yeah, there was, I don't know if it was Acts or if it was elsewhere, like Paul shows up and they're like, yes, we've heard of Jesus, but we've never heard of the Holy Spirit or it's something like that. But I, I don't think that's water baptism. Uh Maybe it is, I don't remember. But my point is there, there's like pretty much every example in the Bible, in the New Testament, it's like, oh, they heard about Jesus and they immediately got baptized. Yeah. And so I, I think that, you know, it's, it's definitely something that youth ministries could do a better job of prioritizing.
1: Yeah, and there's a reason for it. I think what's missing from, I was thinking about this as you were talking, what's so fun about baptism services is you have the whole church there encountering that with you. Like they're sharing yeah. in that moment yeah. with you, which is a huge deal. And so it, that's cool for you students to be a part of, but how much cooler is it when it's your classmates? that you go to school with or that you go to youth with. Like that's a whole nother level of, you know, I I put it this way. It's like, if you're a baseball player, would you rather hit a dinger in your family backyard with football game or at state? Like, of course at state, right? Because you have your teammates, your school, like they're all experiencing that moment with you. Like this is no different. Like if they got, if you get baptized on a Wednesday night and Thursday, one of your fellow, you know, youth students, he's in the hallway and go, dude, that was awesome last night. That's, yeah. that, that just kind of, re, it, it re-solidifies the yeah. commitment you made. And now you're aware that it kind of makes that whole point stick of like, this was not just a moment. This was not just a cool, like, look what I got to do. This was like a lifelong thing that I just decided to commit to. And now other people are aware of it. And so it kind of just re-solidifies yeah. the why behind that. So, And
0: I, I think real quick, you know, for for a youth ministry who I, I guess this is not even dependent on the size of the youth ministry. If you have somebody in your youth ministry that's like, hey, I want to get baptized, it can be an incredible win in the memory of that student for you to be like, All right, let's make it happen. Like yeah. as soon as next week, do whatever you need to do yep. to find some water. There's no scriptural precedent that says that it has to happen within the church go find a lake cut a hole in the frozen ice and dunk them like it it doesn't have to be pretty yeah. sometimes it's more awesome if like if you guys have a body of water near your church just be like hey youth service we're all just gonna go for a walk here and baptize somebody yep like that's awesome
1: and and that's something that those kids are gonna remember and throw it up on stage sure you know, why not there's all these different things you can do is yeah.
0: it if you're gonna put an inflatable pool on stage part of me feels like we just need to mention that you should be careful of like the tech
1: that is on your
0: stage. I mean,
1: that so that you're, you're not saying, dunking yeah.
0: water. No, it doesn't go without saying because these are youth <laughs> pastors who don't like our breed is known for not thinking ahead That's on correct. some of the details and the consequences of our actions. Yeah. So I'm just going to put that out there as a, uh,
1: <laughs> and there can be expensive
0: mistakes. That is a hundred percent accurate. Yes. Uh, okay. So uh, saving relationship with Jesus baptized in water. The third one that, uh, that I want to kind of get into here is communion. (laughs) I mean, that's not a bad idea, but, uh, no, we're going to talk about how the ideal graduate has the fruit of the Holy spirit in their life. Uh, and this is one that is worded intentionally. Uh, I, I think the first question is like, how do we teach this as youth pastors. This is appropriate for me because we are one week into a chapter by chapter series where we're going through the book of Galatians. And at the end of Galatians, you have the chapter on the fruit of the spirit. So good timing for our youth ministry, but how do you, how do you teach the fruit of the spirit so that it is less about rules to follow and more about what your heart desires, and it's right. almost comes natural,
1: right? Well, and that that's just the thing is, it's like okay, like you know, I don't I don't want to be angry anymore. <laughs> so I'm just I'm just gonna try to not be angry more. Like that's that's not. I think it's it's very, admirable. It, it is, but it's not it's not gonna stick. You know, yeah. what's gonna stick is having a peace in your heart that doesn't make you as rage filled as it used to. And I feel like. I almost feel I don't know how you feel about this, but it almost feels like it's it's less about teaching something directly like I don't know it's as much about like all right, here's what we gotta do. we're gonna do a series on the fruits of the spirit, and that's what we're gonna teach it. and it's like that's great. that'll be super, super awesome. It'll be a great series, but I feel like it's more about teaching students spiritual disciplines. And things that they can do that will naturally create the fruits of the spirit. You know, because it's not about saying like, all right, I want you guys to seek after joy, peace, love, whatever it is. Like they can seek after it. But as soon as stuff gets hard, that's off. You know, it's about giving them tools, giving them resources, encouraging practices, spiritual disciplines that will yield the fruit of the spirit, the gifts, good grief. The fruit of the spirit. Our, our You're show dog ruining is ruining my. Up. I, next know, there. I know. Point. I know. I'm on. sorry. Uh, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Like I, yeah. I, I, th- I think it's more about teaching them how to chase after Christ, mm-hmm. and let the fruit of the spirit be a natural result of your pursuit of Christ. Rather than just seeking the fruit itself,
0: yeah, that's good. And we'll we'll get into the spiritual disciplines in our next episode. That was just going to be a longer conversation than we had time for on this one. But I, I think that Derek kind of, you know, accidentally alluded to the the, <laughs> the fruit of the line. spirit. Well, the fruit of the spirit uh, was put intentionally in here, and not the gifts of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, not because the gifts of the spirit aren't important, but I really feel like, and and let me know when you disagree with me. Uh, I didn't say if I said when, because I know you well enough. Uh, <laughs> like the fruit and the gifts of the spirit are equally important. Yeah. Uh, but the, it, we're looking at this from a perspective of, you know, students, teenagers that we have a for a limited amount of time. And if I can only pick one of the two to teach and, and really emphasize with our kids, I'm picking the fruit of the spirit every single time. And because I mean, you know, first Corinthians chapter 13, like if I have all the gifts of the spirit, but I don't have the fruit of the spirit, then it's worth nothing. And so I think that, and I also think that that is something that several denominations get backwards. Uh, You know, such an emphasis is placed on the gifts of the spirit and not the fruit of the spirit. That, uh, you know, you get uh, students coming out with really weird theology uh, and, and they get self-conscious and they lose their faith when God doesn't work miracles through them. Uh, when God is sitting there like, I don't want to work a miracle through, your, through you because you're going to be so prideful about it. Uh, you know, if that's the problem God is faced with, and then we lose our salvation over that, like, well, we we walk away from our faith because we're like, I I don't, this is dumb. They, I'm not seeing miracles happening. I'm not. I can't speak in tongues, and somebody's making me feel bad because of it. Yeah, like, you're completely missing the point, right? I don't know. I I I think that. Uh, the fruit of the spirit is underrepresented. Uh, in in a lot of youth ministries,
1: it completely is. And what what's so disheartening about that is, spiritual gifts are not going to draw you closer to the Lord. Again, like, I, I know that sounds weird, but like, the spiritual gifts are intended intended for the edification of the body.
0: Yeah, how many spiritual gifts are like? for you as the gifter
1: very or your None? or your relationship with the lord right because yeah. like i have i've seen plenty of people who were had the gift of prophecy and they would just go around and just share prophecies which i'm not getting into that at some point because i'm not sure like I, the purpose I, of all I, I, I don't i don't want to get down that rabbit trail, yeah. but like my, my point is this like that person had the gift of prophecy mm. okay but at the same time they were incredibly unkind they were disrespectful like they would miss worship because they were in the busy lot in the lobby, like talking and then sharing prophecies. And it's like, it's one of those things where again, the spiritual gifts are fantastic. We need to be pursuing them. And I think in a lot of ways, like as a ministry, sometimes we don't talk about them much. However, I feel like, if you are pursuing after the Lord, if you are, if your goal is to just be so filled with the Lord, the spiritual fruit or the good grief, you know, <laughs> the fruit of the spirit, um, they, they will come like yeah. if you're, if your goal is to, I want to spend so much time with God. I want to get lost in worship. You're going to feel all of the fruits of the spirit. And guess what? You're probably going to then take that fervor and that zeal and that Holy spirit indwelling. And you're going to give somebody a prophecy. Like I feel like we, we fixate so much time on pursuing the gifts and pursuing the fruit that we forget to pursue the giver of all of it. I think that this is going to be the greatest analogy ever,
0: but uh, I was listening. So typically after Wednesday nights, I'm like I need decompression. Yep. And so unless like we live in Minnesota, unless there is a like a basketball or hockey game going on, the sports radio station just kind of tunes into like a national sports show. Yep. And so on my way home, I'm typically listening to that and Uh, last night they were talking about, uh, they were talking about Zion Williamson and LeBron James as basketball players and how a lot of players, uh, I think they were, the the conversation came up because Zion Williamson has been injured forever. And it's like, at what point they were, they were talking about at what point do you just have to suck it up and play through your injury? Uh, and, and the one guy was kind of talking about a lot of these players, especially in like NBA players that are coming into the NBA right now, a lot of them grew up like from birth, they were on somebody's watch list to be, you know, a basketball star and they, and a lot of stuff gets handed to you. You get treated differently if you are on a list like that. Yep. And, and a biography on LeBron James very recently came out a new book, biography of LeBron James. And in it, LeBron talked about. Uh, do you remember the television show The Decision? Sure do. You know, LeBron drafted by Cleveland, and he was a free agent, and was deciding: Do I want to stay in Cleveland, or do I want to sign elsewhere? And he, what he did was he had a TV show, a special, you know, half hour or hour long I'm gonna TV show. I'm going to take my show, to South Beach, and and he used it to announce. He was going to go sign with Miami. I believe that if I remember correctly, all of like the proceeds of that episode went to like the boys and girls club. Uh, You know, he had some good intentions, but he recognized after the fact, like he had no idea that there was going to be such hatred toward him for how he went about announcing that decision and, and how publicly he did it. He made it into this giant spectacle that was all about him. He just took a giant crap on the city of Cleveland for a half hour on national television. And you know it turned into this huge thing that he did not see coming. And I'm going to bring it all the way back around. I think that when people only prioritize the gifts of the Spirit, and they do not prioritize the fruit of the Spirit you get an elevated status in their mind. They have an elevated status, and they don't even comprehend how rude they are being sometimes or, or how inconsiderate they are. Like, I have this gift of prophecy, and I don't understand why you wouldn't want me to share that with the congregation from the stage right now. Yeah. Like it's like they'll walk onto the stage. it's somebody like this where there's gifts but no fruit. They will walk onto the stage expecting the pastor to just hand them the microphone without any feel for where the service is out, no discernment at all uh and 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 I think that that's kind of where that comes from is is a lack of the fruit,
1: yeah. And it's I've seen it where conversations get interrupted. Yeah, these two students are having a conversation. Student C comes over and says, "Hey, I got to talk to you right now." They're like, "Okay, what's going on?" Well, I just got to tell you, this is what the Lord told me. You're gonna, you're gonna, yeah. you're you're gonna be married to this guy, and it's like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. <laughs> have you not seen nah, that? I have, I have. It's, it 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 cracks me up every time. And again, I don't want to take away from the legitimacy of prophecy, but like that, I'm going like, to
0: take away the legitimacy of prophecy
1: if that's what you're prophesying. Right. About. I, I mean, that's but fair. continue. That's fair. <laughs> no, I, I, I love that though because like it's it, it does kind of create this. And I you said it earlier, this inflated ego. Yeah. You know, and so now it's less about what does the Lord want to say to these people, and more about like. Lord, give me something so I can tell them so I can look like I'm spiritually mature. Yeah. So last
0: question on this, because I don't know that even, I don't, I don't know that I have a good answer for this. Is there a way to measure the fruit of the Holy Spirit in some in a student's life? If we're talking about, you know, this is one of our goals for an ideal graduate to have the fruit of the Holy Spirit in their life. okay. If that's our goal, we want. Ideally, we can measure that. Like, we can measure how many students get saved. We can measure how many students get baptized. Is there a way to measure the fruit of the
1: spirit quantifiably? I don't know. Like, I I don't know if you can. I mean, like, you know it when you see it, kind of thing. That's what I was gonna say. You know, like we have. I have a huge senior class this year. That's all graduating, and when I look at all of these seniors and I look at when you were in seventh grade, this is what you were like. And now look at you like that. Yeah. To me, there's, you know, salvations are great. And like, I, I, that is the a topic. That's awesome. That's priority. But like, when I look back on this, this class that's coming through and I go look at that student and that student and that student, like look what God has done in and through their life. And to be clear, a lot of them have went through some really tough stuff, but that's, that's why I like to see the fruit of the spirit on display in them is, is so awesome. So I think that I don't think you could ever sit back and say, Hmm, student a, yep. They, I've, I've seen four different fruits in their, in their life in the last three years. Like we're still yep. waiting on number five or whatever it is, but <laughs> I, cause there's, uh, there's nine,
0: I believe something like that. Uh, yeah. So if you, <laughs> it, it's like the, the checkbox, like I've seen <laughs> them display eight of the nine at some point. Uh, performance
1: reviews, sit them in your office as they're exiting your review, going into college. Like, you know what? You're a great student. Yep. God's doing something awesome in you. But, you know, you really don't have a whole lot of peace in your life. So, uh, yeah.
0: I've seen three of the nine demonstrated in the last six months. That's something that you're going to need to work on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> here's some pamphlets
1: for each one. There you go.
0: There you go. Please go read the book of Galatians again and then get back to me. We'll let you graduate after you display Correct. more fruits then, the then, then you can
1: walk across the stage. Yes,
0: absolutely. Maybe but, next year.
1: But <laughs> is that is that accurate? Like, because I'm sure you've seen the same thing. You've graduated plenty of students before and I'm sure it's one of those things where you go like, I can't necessarily quantify this, but at the same time, like, I know this student has grown a lot and has done mm. some really, really cool things. And so I feel like yeah. that's you can't necessarily measure it in that sense, but you definitely can see it in sense
0: yeah, sure. I agree. I think that you know this is this is gonna be one that is hard to quantify, but yeah I, I I just keep coming back to the idea of you know it when you see it and uh you also know it when you don't see it correct you know there's there is a there's very few you know, even thinking through some of our older students right now, there's very few that I'm like, yeah, that's kind of a gray area. Usually if it's a gray area, it's just because I don't know them well enough. Right. And so that's, that's where I, I do think that, and, and this is also, you know, you get baptized and then you're like, yep, I've definitively been baptized. This is something that students are going to be working on their entire life. Uh, and so maybe it's just, uh You know they they have a heart for it, and you're starting to see some of those fruits pop up. It's not going to be a finished product, but uh, yeah, I think so. I love it. Sweet. That does it for today's episode. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Uh, You can find us. uh, Obviously, you found us somewhere because you're listening to the episode. But Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio app, and now Instagram. How how not underscore yp. Uh, we would love to, uh, we would love for you to watch all of our videos and like them a bunch, share them a bunch just to inflate our egos. Uh, but, uh, we appreciate you guys. Uh, and on behalf of Derek, I think it's about time I go eat a couple more Reese's eggs. Goodbye.